hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com with your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she's successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better chance choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pockets. You can either Google the McCarty Group, that's the M double C A R T Y group.com or call 661-665-SOLD. And those numbers are 661-665-7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And a big good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. Are you ready for Thanksgiving? Do you have your turkey defrosting yet? <laughs> this is, my son brought it up, my 10-year-old. He's all like, hey, Dad, you know, pre-COVID, we went to Golden Corral for Thanksgiving, remember? <laughs> and I'm like, if they're open, that's probably where we'll go. They have turkey and steak. Oh, okay. Shout out to Golden Corral. So, <laughs> All right. All right. What about you? Any big plans for the turkey day? Hey, Bob has that under control. You know, he's the mm. gourmet chef, so cooking is his department. I'm looking forward to spending uh, time with family and taking a moment to relax. You know, our rule is we do Thanksgiving in pajamas or sweats. So <laughs> That's perfect. That's that's the way we do. How, how's Bob's turkey? Oh, Excellent. Really? He does the whole brining thing and you know he, Wow. He enjoys it. He he really loves the cooking aspect. That is so. awesome. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bob too. That's really Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. <laughs> um I, you know, I would be lost without him. Oh. Honestly. I, I don't know how to cook, so you know, had to marry a man who does. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> um, now on to real estate, I've heard historically that it actually slows down during the holidays. Is that true? Well, sometimes there's a slight slowdown during this time of the year, but did you know that the weekend after Thanksgiving is one of the busiest times of the year for real estate huh. searches? I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Potential buyers use their post-holiday downtime to consider real estate investment. So even though people associate this time of the year as a slow season for real estate, that isn't entirely true. Wow, that's interesting. I never would have guessed that. Well, if you thought that tidbit was interesting, here are a few more facts about Thanksgiving that I just had to share. The first Thanksgiving was celebrated in 1621 over a three-day harvest festival. It included 50 pilgrims, 90 Indians, and lasted for three days. It's believed by historians that only five women were present. Huh, a three-day harvest festival. Yeah. That sounds like a very fun Thanksgiving, and can you imagine how much turkey they ate over three days? No. But actually, turkey wasn't on the menu at the first Thanksgiving. There was venison, duck, goose, 
oysters, lobster, eel, and fish. Those were what were likely being served alongside pumpkins and cranberries, but not pumpkin pie or any cranberry sauce. Mm, see, I have a few issues with that. First, <laughs> venison I've had a little gamey, but eel. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with turkey. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> eel really doesn't sound appetizing on Thanksgiving or, frankly, on any other day. <laughs> and here's mm. another fun fact for you. Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving a national holiday on October 3rd, 1863. Sarah Josepha Hale, the woman who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb, convinced Lincoln to make Thanksgiving a national holiday after writing letters for 17 years. Wow. So so the lady who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb is mm-hmm. really the person to thank for our long weekend, huh? Absolutely. And you know who... Um, the turkeys that are pardoned each year should be thanking. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> well, it isn't Harry Truman. The history of U.S. presidents pardoning turkeys is really a little patchy. Harry Truman is often credited with being the first president to pardon a turkey, but that's not quite true. He was the first to receive a ceremonial turkey from the National Turkey Federation, and he had it for a dinner. Uh, John F. Kennedy was the first to let a Thanksgiving turkey go, followed by Richard Nixon, who sent his turkey to a petting zoo. But George H.W. Bush is the president who formalized the turkey pardoning tradition in 1989. (laughs) I'm surprised that the turkey pardoning tradition, it wasn't formalized until 89. I thought it would have been a long, much longer ago. Yeah, I know. It doesn't sound like 89 was that long ago, does it? No, it doesn't. Wow. Well, I hate to break it to you, Adelaide. That was 32 years ago. (laughs) You know, I have team members that weren't even born in 1989. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My son will say, Dad. What were the 80s and 90s like? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, yeah, now I feel old. <laughs> I know, it's just cruel, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and, you know, you're not the only one. Um, here's another fun fact that might make your stomach churn. Did you know that the average number of calories consumed on Thanksgiving is 4,500 calories. 4,500 calories. Now, I knew it'd be high, but I didn't know it'd be that high. Oh, my goodness. It it really is kind of shocking. You know, I'm starting to feel lethargic (laughs) just thinking about all the tryptophan and the turkey that I'll be consuming (laughs) on Thursday. Um, Mm. I do, however, have one last Thanksgiving fact for you. Mm. Butterball answers more than 100,000 turkey cooking questions via their Butterball Turkey Hotline each November and December. I think that's an awful lot of calls about turkeys. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. I don't think I don't want to be working in that call center during the holidays. No Ooh. kidding. I completely agree. You know, I might complain every now and then about how much our phone rings, but trust me, I'd rather stick to answering questions about real estate than answering turkey questions, right? Absolutely. And speaking of... I'd really like to introduce our special guest this morning, Lauren Skidmore, CEO of the Bakersfield Homeless Center. She's here to visit with us today about what we can do to help at the Bakersfield Homeless Center. Like most of you during this time of the year, I like to reflect on what I'm thankful for and to find ways to give back to the community. Really, this is a practice we should all try to incorporate throughout the year, But there's just something about this season that seems to bring out the 
the generous and the hopeful side in all of us. I'm looking forward to hearing about what the Bakersfield Homeless Center is doing for our community and how we can help them continue with their mission. So Lauren, good morning, and thank you so much for agreeing to take time away from your schedule to be on the show this morning. Good morning and happy to do it. Great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So you already gave me a quick introduction, and I appreciate you for doing that and allowing me to be here. I am a fifth-generation Kern County cattle rancher. Uh, My family has been in Kern County for many, many years. Um, Deep roots, deep ties here. I um, went to Bakersfield High School, uh, married my husband who went to East High School. We both went to Fresno State and graduated. I went to Fresno to get my business degree. And became really ingrained in kind of nonprofit management and did a quick stint of AmeriCorps right after college, which is a domestic version of the Peace Corps, Mm -hmm. and did a revitalization project right outside of Fresno State, which really kind of sparked my interest in community groups, community revitalization, helping those in need. Um, But I found shortly after moving back to Bakersfield that most people that are engaged in nonprofits or business have some understanding of politics. So Mm -hmm. I worked at the Greater Bakersfield Chamber of Commerce for a little bit, then worked at Kern Citizens for Sustainable Government, and then on to spending five years with Assemblymember Vince Fong. And I was his district director up until accepting this role as CEO for the Bakersfield Homeless Center and Alliance Against Family Violence and Sexual Assault. So uh, my husband is also a police officer. Uh, We are very dedicated and Happy to be residents of Kern County. Um, you know, we live on the outskirts, so we always try to say Kern County, but Bakersfield, right. of course. Um, I love this community. There's so many amazing things across Kern County, from aerospace over in East Kern to, of course, as we all know, ag and oil and some of the major manufacturing and industrial communities here. Um, we have some amazing things that we are a part of in Kern, and it's um, a joy to be a part of kind of the nonprofit side and be a part of the homeless center. That's wonderful. So tell me, how did this opportunity present itself, and why did you decide to join the Homeless Center? Well, I'm a mom of two young children. Wonderful. uh, Three and one. um, And I've noticed since becoming a mom that my heart has been expanding to other mothers. You know, I've Mm -hmm. really kind of set my sights on making sure that other moms, especially with young children like mine, feel supported and understand that they're not alone in a lot of that Um, frustration that comes with being a parent. Um, It's really hard when you're a first-time mom and a first-time parent in general to just understand the wave of emotions and responsibility that comes with children. And so I have found myself over the last three years, you know, helping out some mom friends and just being open and um, honest about my experiences and how hard it is just to be a parent in general. It is. Um, And so I had these conversations a lot with Lewis Gill, uh, the prior CEO, And he had expressed to me that he was interested um, in me applying for the position and working alongside, you know, his amazing management team. And when he first approached me, I thought he was crazy. I said, absolutely (laughs) not. You know, I have an amazing job with the assembly member. I loved my role working across Kern County and being able to represent business and be kind of the liaison for my assembly member to Sacramento. And the more I started thinking about it and the more I realized how many women and moms, I, the lives I could touch, I started applying for the process. And so went through the process, and um, here we are. We have an amazing board of directors that 
selected me and has been working alongside me and um, the journey of being CEO. They're very supportive, very open-minded, uh, very innovative, which is why the Homeless Center has grown exponentially over the last five to 10 years. Um, you know, Lewis Gill was a CEO for 21 years, and I have been around for a little over a month now. So <laughs> I have found myself in this crazy whirlwind, but happy, happy to be here and happy to share this journey. That is wonderful. I think that's a great introduction, and I think it's a great stopping point for us to take a break. Perfect. When we come back, I'm looking forward to hearing more about the Bakersfield Homeless Center and its mission. Uh, before we take a break, Lauren, can you tell our listeners how they can reach the Homeless Center if they want to give back or if they're needing assistance? Of course. You can always just find us on our website. It's bakhc.org. Um, and then you can give us a call at any of the numerous departments on the website, but the website's probably the easiest route. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lauren. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch or request an in-person tour. Find out the value of your home and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal top 100 agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And if you're thinking about selling but need to make some renovations first, you'll want to contact Lori to find out about her amazing new program designed to help sellers get their home ready to sell. It's called the McCarty Line of Convenience or MLOC. This program allows sellers to tap into their equity for renovations and repairs. There's no interest or fees associated with the MLOC. It's simply paid back at the close of escrow. Call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 to see if you qualify for this exclusive program designed to help maximize your selling price. And if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Lauren Skidmore of the Bakersfield Homeless Center. So Lauren, you just recently joined the Bakersfield Homeless Center as their CEO and has preventing and ending homelessness always been an issue you felt strongly about? 
Of course, I think that homelessness is a symptom of something, and so we need to be a part of the overall conversation about just helping individuals and families get through the toughest time of their life, and I've always felt passionate about helping those in need. So what do you think the main causes of homelessness are? It has always been trauma. You know, there's always been an issue or an individual that has dealt with several factors related to trauma. Um, A lot of our individuals, both on the Bakersfield Homeless Center side and the Alliance Against Family, um, Family Violence and Sexual Assault side, have endured, you know, trauma where it's um, violence in their home. It's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, childhoods that have not had stability. There is loss of job, loss of resources, loss of family members. Um, You know, there's, of course, drug addiction and chemical dependencies. But for the most part, most of our clients are dealing with some form of trauma. Okay. Um, You know, I think it's amazingly fantastic that you are so passionate about this cause. And I think the Homeless Center is um, incredibly lucky to have you. Um, I understand that the mission statement of the Bakersfield Homeless Center is to provide support and resources to families and individuals in crisis while helping them to achieve their highest level of self-sufficiency. Is that correct? That is correct. So what do you do at the Bakersfield Homeless Center to help accomplish this mission? So one of the things that people don't realize we do, you know, most people think, okay, we provide them a bed, we provide them food, their basic Mm -hmm. needs. Um, But our strongest form of connection with our individuals is case management. So we actually have employees that walk alongside all of our clients when when they're involved in the homeless center. So from entry point to exit point, we make sure that somebody is helping them ensure them that they can get this done, that they can Mm -hmm. find housing, that they can find stability. Um, And so our case managers do everything from ensuring their child is enrolled in school and or if they're young enough, they can be a part of our Discovery Depot, which is our child care center on site. Um, We help them get employment and we help them find housing. Um, And then, of course, there's things that people don't think about. Uh, A lot of times homeless individuals, especially if they've been on the street for a while, they don't have a license. So we work with the DMV to right. get them a license. We work with them to find their birth certificate because, of course, that's not something they're going to carry around with them mm-hmm. and other necessary documents so they can get the resources they need. That's fantastic. You know, it seems to me like the rate of homelessness in Bakersfield and in Kern County has dramatically increased over the last few years. Is that true? It is true. And yes. why do you think that's the case? Well, I think first, the state has modified legislation, um, and it's dictating how our crimes are sentenced. So I think we're seeing a lot of people released from prison, um, you know, early, and Mm -hmm. or there is not a pathway to incarceration like there used to be. You know, the focus now is trying to keep folks out of prison and trying to provide them services, kind of boots on the ground. Um, So more people being released from custody is definitely an issue for homelessness. And it might not be the individual being released from custody, but it could be the effects of that person being released and the effects that it has on family members for them to then be displaced. Okay. Um, Another issue, and I'm sure you're seeing it in the real estate world all around, is that we have over-regulated our construction industry. Absolutely. And we have made it so difficult and so expensive for real estate to be built. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, there's not enough units as the population grows in general. There's not enough units to actually place people. Um, there's definitely not enough low-income units for right. our homeless individuals to find housing. Um, so the state you know, 
they're trying to incentivize the market to develop additional low-income housing, but we just can't see it with the regulatory environment in place. Right. Makes complete sense. Yeah. Okay. Now, I've actually heard that the Bakersfield Homeless Center, that your current location has been purchased by the California High Speed Rail. Yes. So (laughs) speaking of being displaced, (laughs) right, you're being displaced. We are, Um, And that you guys have been on the hunt for a new location for years. Have you found a new location yet? Yes, we have found a new location, and we are still in kind of the workings of what that location will look like and and moving forward on our plans, so it's still very um, confidential. We have worked with a lot of the surrounding homeowners to let them know you know, the homeless center would be coming closer to them. It's not far from our current facility. Um, the high-speed rail has leased back the property to us for an additional, okay. you know, two to three years. We have left on the lease. I believe it was about five when they first started the contract. So we still work with the um, high-speed rail. They still come out and, you know, provide assessments of the property. And we are hoping that we will get a new facility in the process of building soon. Great. And so with your new location, are you hoping to be able to expand to accommodate the increased homeless population in our community? Yes, we always are looking at expanding services. Uh, In our new location, as of right now, we're talking about potentially, you know, an additional 100 beds. Okay. Um, That is still in conversation. But right now we can house about 270 individuals with the recent expansion. And so we'll look to house, you know, quite a bit more than that. Um, in the in the new location, but with that, of course, comes additional funding requirements. Right. So we'll have to secure additional funding, and or we will provide more services on site, not just you know a bed. We'll provide, um, you know, potentially contract with some of our local educational entities to provide some educational elements that we aren't able to provide on campus now. We are going to expand our child facility and child cares, um, and bring. We have two one under the Alliance Against Family Violence, and the other one is underneath the Homeless Center. So we'll bring both of them on site, and we will have heightened case management. Our housing department is going to be at another location but close by our new campus, and so we will have a lot of uh, mobility and flexibility when it comes to expanding services. Well, that's great because that was going to be my next question was (laughs) what will be some of the new amenities and services that you will offer? So that's great. Yeah, and our jobs program has been really successful. It is where we are able to um, provide employment Mm -hmm. for our clients and any other of the homeless centers are allowed and they do bring clients on with us. And so we provide... um, we provide a great employment opportunity for individuals dealing with homelessness, and they are seen a lot of times downtown. So they're the downtown um, street mm-hmm. ambassadors. We see them on the highways. You know, they, mm-hmm. the highway program was started many years ago and very successful. We're expanding in um, some of the outlying areas. I know we have a great contract with CRC, and so we provide cleanup for some of the oil companies, and we're always looking at creative ways to ensure that our homeless individuals are getting employed. That's great. So the new location sounds like it's going to be a big improvement. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners that haven't visited the Bakersfield Homeless Center in person, that haven't donated their time, what does the center look like and what are the living areas like? Yeah. So our current center, if you have ever had a chance to drive by or visit and put kind of feet to the ground, it is cramped. We are we are in tight-knit spaces. Recently, because of the increased awareness on homelessness and the increased need for beds, we've expanded almost every kind of 
um, open area into a housing element. So there mm-hmm. is no room on our current campus for um, TV, teen rooms, engage, mm. you know, those kind of things that just provide, you know, a good element. And those, and those things are so important. Yeah, they're so important. So in our new facility, we have space for all of that. Okay. Um, we also have, I know the prior CEO and some of our board of directors has toured other homeless centers across mm-hmm. the nation. And so we've taken best practices from all of those different areas to identify what people really need and they need spaces to be able to kind of step out and away from the chaos of being in a shelter Um, they need opportunities to connect with their family so we house and we are the only homeless center to house um, an emergency shelter families and Mm -hmm. so we need to make sure that we have an environment that makes children feel welcomed and hopeful about their future Um, so all of the services will be provided on site we will make sure that our case managers are close by if the individuals need anything um, of course, we're going to have an amazing outdoor play area, which we don't have on site now. Right. Um, we have like planned, hopefully, a water play area for when it's hot in the summer. Oh, fantastic. And a great um, playground, which will be perfect. There's a basketball court currently in-house. So um, we have a lot of amazing new amenities coming on board. And, of course, green space is a big one for me because I know that Absolutely. everyone wants a little grass under their feet, which we do not have any green space at our current location. So it is time for us to move and expand and provide just a more hopeful and warm environment for our clients. So for those, and and all of that sounds amazing. It really mm-hmm. does. And I, I, um, I look forward to the time when that can become a reality. Yeah. Um, for those naysayers, those not in my mm-hmm. backyard folks that might be living near the new location, what would you tell them to ease their concerns? You know, they're going to have access to our administration and our employees on site. So if there is ever any issue, I want them to know they can call us and we can help them find a solution. Um, I think what's important to realize is that as we have looked at other locations and we have found best practices, our goal is to keep people within our facility and allow them to have space to roam within our site Mm -hmm. um, to keep them out of, you know, roaming in the streets. Of course, there will be other individuals that aren't our clients that will naturally come because we have food distribution and other amenities they can use. Um, We will open up our site to individuals that aren't currently housed with us during the day so we will have you know an option for them to come on site and get you know basic needs met Um, but we will do our best with our jobs crew to make sure the streets are immaculate and clean to make sure that there is no um, outlying um, trash or issues rolling out of our site Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll work really closely with flood which is kind of our outreach provider in town and of course our law enforcement to ensure that there's no disruption to the community but we will be doing kind of a a door knocking um campaign as you will to ensure that the folks know that they can come to us for anything and that we're going to be their partner and their neighbor well and Historically, you really haven't had any major problems, have you, no. in your current location? No. So We I don't think- have any um, housing in, near us in our current location. We do have businesses. Of course, we have individuals that are not part of our facility that are encamped behind ours as <laughs> they are, you know, because there's the railway right behind us. So there's lots of encampments along the railway. So we just need to work with our other providers and ensure that any encampments do not happen near our new location and that we are just providing the best service we can to our clients and to the neighbors. Fantastic. So you mentioned earlier that um, 
among your residents are families, including yes. children. Um, so um, uh, approximately how many children do you have living in the, the center? It varies. You know, we usually have anywhere between probably 40 and 100 children. It just really varies. So quite really? a few. Yeah. And I it, wasn't it, aware there were that many. It depends on the season. Um, and we usually have, you know, 100 families living with us. Okay. So we have a pretty wide variety of individuals and some are you know stay a little bit longer and most of them we really try to work to find them housing great um you know it's um it's startling to me that there are so many children living at mm-hmm. our homeless center um you know it's it's sad to hear about anyone yeah. experiencing homelessness but for children um i think it's um particularly heart-wrenching yeah um I have a few questions about how our listeners and myself can give back uh, to the Homeless Center. But before we dive into that, let's take a quick break, okay? Perfect. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to the McCartygroup.com and start packing. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at the McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. And this morning, we're interviewing Lauren Skidmore, CEO of the Bakersfield Homeless Center. And Lauren, tell our listeners how they can reach the Homeless Center. Well, you can call our admin office at 661-322-9199 or, of course, our website is bakhc.org. Perfect. So, Lauren, before the break, we were talking about the residents living at the shelter. And in case our listeners missed that, um, tell us again about how many residents do we have and about how many of them are children. We have about 200 plus residents overall. Um, You know, the children vary depending on the on the season and the moment. But um, on average, we get about 100 children. Right now, we're between 40 and 80 fluxing because of COVID and everything. But Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, we have a lot of families on site. That is our that is our mission and that is our passion. And so we really work towards having families' needs met. Um, we will take in, you know, single dads and or single um, moms. And then, of course, we also house single women. Perfect. Um, as I was saying earlier, I didn't realize um, how many families and children lived mm-hmm. at our homeless center. Um, so what can we as a community do to help? the Bakersfield Homeless Center? There are so many things. Of course, this is the season of giving, so we are very open to donations. We have a donation center on site where individuals can come drop off, you know, gently used clothing items, um, unused or new items. We take furniture that is, you know, gently worn or um, in good condition. We take anything from dishes and um, soaps to diapers and clothes. You know, we host the gamut at our donation center and we use those items to provide our residents um, needed resources when they're moving into a home. So we basically provide them with mattresses and beds and everything they need to move into their new home. And we also use the donations for on-site you know, diapers and wipes and things like that for our children. So we are always open to donations year round. Um, But we also, during this time of year, are welcoming turkeys and hams and things Mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving. Um, We had somebody request to bring a whole uh, big pallet of um, potatoes. So we have have items like that that come our way, and we will welcome them. Um, During Christmas, the same thing. We'll welcome Christmas goods and food items. Um, And then we also have a sister organization, the Alliance Against Family Violence and Sexual Assault, and we have a shelter for domestic violence survivors, and we will welcome the same type of items there. So if you drop it off at the homeless center and maybe we have already received enough donations, we always then uh, ensure that our sister organization has enough for their um, needs and the families over on that side for their needs to be met. So you have mentioned the Alliance Against Family Violence Mm -hmm. as a sister organization. Can you tell us and tell our listeners how the two are interconnected? Of course. So the Alliance Against Family Violence and Sexual Assault was brought under the umbrella of Bethany Services Incorporated um, probably about 10 years ago. And so the board of directors and a few individuals of the administration team and myself are overseeing both organizations, so the Bakersfield Homeless Center and the Alliance. Um, we have a lot of crossover between organizations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there may be a domestic violence survivor that is now in, in need of shelter and or facing homelessness. And so we ensure they have the shelter and the, the roof over their head. We also provide case management for both sides. Great. So we, um, the Alliance is very focused on domestic violence and sexual assault. We deal with all age ranges, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of children that are in our programs that have either seen or experienced um, domestic violence or sexual assault. We have an emergency and transitional housing element. So we have a shelter in place in Bakersfield and in Delano where we provide, um, you know, not only shelter, but the case management, the option for housing, like I mentioned earlier, the the walk alongside the individual. Right. Um, we really want to make sure that these people feel safe. And both of our locations in Bakersfield and Delano are confidential. Of course. Great. Um, so I'm assuming that the Homeless Center receives most of their donations and assistance during the holiday season yes. because this is the, the season of giving. Um, what about the rest of the year? Is there something else that community members can do? 
Absolutely. So we are open to donations, like I said, year round. Um, there are a lot of business groups that have asked us if they can be regular givers to our organization. So, you know, whether it's like a paycheck um, program mm-hmm. for their employees and or even a monthly giving opportunity or volunteerism opportunity on the website, there is a volunteer tab and a calendar where if you just want to volunteer time, you can kind of go on the calendar and you will type in your interest and we will have somebody reach out to you and schedule you to be able to do whatever it is you want to do. Most people love being in the kitchen because it Ah. just feels a little Mm -hmm. bit like home. Mm -hmm. Um, Our kitchen staff is warm and welcoming and it's obviously the resident's favorite element of being with the shelter is the amazing home cooked food. Um, But you can also work in our donation center and help us organize the donations that come in. On the Alliance side, we do get a lot of donations, and so we need help, you know, dispersing and or organizing those. Um, It's harder on the Alliance side because of the confidentiality, but we can work with individuals that are passionate about that. We recently had a... Um, local individual Nona Darling who did you know DVAM is Domestic mm-hmm. Violence Awareness Month for the month of October and so she did a month where she collected numerous goods for our domestic violence survivors um, in January it's Human Trafficking Awareness Month so we can work with organizations to kind of highlight and promote the resources we have for human trafficking victims and their sexual assault awareness month you know the list goes on of all the different months and the ways in which people can organize and give back whether it's volunteering your time you know helping us financially which is very necessary because Mm -hmm. a lot of our funds are through government entities and so they're very restricted our grants are very restricted and provide you know a very specific purpose so unrestricted funds through donations are necessary for us to be able to give children tours of you know a pumpkin patch or to allow them to go see the calm holiday lights and things like that that really provide a meaningful experience so um, we welcome anyone and everyone especially during this season but of course year-round to be a part of our organizations that's fantastic um so really, if someone has the heart to serve, um, you can plug them in to just about anything. Yes, right? anything. Um, we've had individuals um, from CSUB. So we have, you know, we have an internship program that's really strong on our alliance side. So we have social workers and therapists um, that come in and help, you know, support services there. But we will welcome student groups. We'll welcome business groups. Um, there is always something to be done. It's it's funny because coming from a cattle ranching background, we tell everyone, well, the work is never done. So you wake up on a Sunday, mm-hmm. day, a Saturday, day of rest, you think, but there's always something to do. It's the same at the homeless center. So we welcome individuals that want to come help paint a, paint a sign or um, at our shelters, we need help with, you know, upkeeping some of the um, children's toys and some of the children's facilities always need painting and upkeep. And Um, you know, coming and just playing with the children is fantastic. We have some people that come and donate bubbles during the spring because they know that children would love that. So we are open and welcoming to anyone with any idea. Um, Some of our board of directors have been very engaged. And I know in the past, we had one board of director go and get snow over the winter season in his truck and bring it back down for the kids. So anything, anything that you can come up with, um, we we are open to the idea. I know we have... Um, on Christmas Eve is our huge um, holiday toy run and so we'll be doing that again this year 
And we have KGT has partnered with us and the Boys and Girls Club to do the 17 Days of Christmas, which starts December 1st. So a new unwrapped toy you can take to the KGT facilities oh. on L Street, and they will make sure that we get those toys. If you want to bring toys by any of our facilities, we'll welcome them as well. Fantastic. Um, now, earlier you mentioned um, the services that you provide in transitioning residents to mm-hmm. their own place. Um, so do you continue, does their case manager continue to walk alongside them once they leave the center and have housing of their own? And what does that look like? Yeah, so it depends on the client and, and what their needs are, mm-hmm. but we have kind of numerous elements. And so you have case management on site, and then we have aftercare program, which is where we have case managers that walk alongside the individual or the families after they've left our shelter. Mm-hmm. We have a housing department, and I, I don't think a lot of people know this, but the manager of the housing department, she is young and she is fierce, and she is so well-equipped with providing the means necessary to get funding and or find resources for housing units. Oh, that's great. So it might be difficult for landowners to think about housing um, homeless clients and individuals in, you know, in a home that they're leasing. Um, but we have different programs in place to ensure that our clients are being um, taken care of financially and that we make sure that their bills are paid. We make sure if they're falling on tough times after they're out of our shelter um, that we can support them. We make sure the landlords have incentives in place um, so they know and they trust us when we place somebody there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have an entire department, the housing department, that does this. And it's anything from transitional housing Mm -hmm. um, to rapid response housing to the goal of being permanent housing. So we have different facilities and different programs in place, all of which provide different aftercare case management. Um, So we have teams in place that do exactly what you're talking about, walk alongside them after they're in a home or in an apartment or in a temporary unit, because it's necessary when you've dealt with a lot of trauma, you just need support. Absolutely. And it just is difficult for individuals that have been through that type of trauma to wrap their minds around paying bills, wrap their minds around um, having to, you know, go to the doctor regularly, having to make sure their kids get to school. And so we have individuals that help them through that. Most of our aftercare case management does have a kind of a time limit and or a a step down approach because we want people to be self-sufficient and be able to go on their own at some period of time. Right. And they have to, but but I can completely understand how going through some sort of trauma, they then need someone to walk alongside them to help guide them exactly. in that process. Exactly. Um, you know, we all go through events like that of in course. our lives, and we all need assistance at some point. Right. I mean, how many times when you were in your 20s or 30s did you call your mom or dad and say, how do I do this? Absolutely. How do I change a tire? Who do I call to do this? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, our clients don't have that. They don't have family. And if they do, we very much try to connect them with family. But that is the reason they're with us is they just don't have the wraparound support that we all do. Fantastic. Um, I know you haven't been at the Homeless Center long. But I'm sure in that short period of time, mm-hmm. um, you have had some heartwarming stories. Mm-hmm. Is there one you could share with us? There's actually quite a few. Um, I figured as much. There's quite a few. There's one, you know, one thing that we do really well at the Homeless Center is when you are a client of the shelter, 
you are a family member. And mm-hmm. so we have quite a few employees that are prior clients. And so oh. I've gotten to meet them and they are, you know, working their way up within our organization. We employ over 200 individuals, so they're working their way up. They're very engaged. Um, on our jobs development program, Andrew Miles is our manager, and he has helped so many individuals gain solid employment outside of the jobs development crews. And that is always a joy to see when one of our individuals is now going to receive a steady amount of income and be on their own and be sufficient in their careers. I was at the homeless center for our Halloween carnival. So every year we host a carnival for our clients and, you know, popcorn, candy canes, all or candy corn and all of those things are there. We have different games, but I was, I was, I brought my daughter and as we were walking to the bounce house, I heard a mom, you know, kind of conversing with another mom and she said, yeah, I'm back. Um, But this time I have my two daughters with me. And so what that means is, you know, she was she was a resident at one point. She probably had lost custody. She was probably falling on really hard times. There was definitely some issues. Um, we had more than likely provided either temporary or emergency kind of placement for her. She very much could have self-exited. She could have left the facility. But what it was nice to hear is that she came back mm-hmm. because she needed more support, and she came back with her children, and she trusts us and knows that we will provide the best care for her and her kids. And they were dressed up. They had Halloween costumes. The kids were happy. They were smiling. She was smiling and happy. And I just know that when she's within the border of the homeless center, she's in a good and safe place. That's wonderful. It's really a great story. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know a lot of nonprofits in town have fundraiser events. Mm -hmm. Um, What about the Bakersfield Homeless Center and the Alliance Against Family Violence? So you know what, COVID has really put a damper on all of these fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a difficult year for all of our nonprofits. And we are gearing up and planning for 2022. Okay. So we are not hosting any major fundraisers this year, but we are gearing up for next year. And I think we will probably proceed with a, a form of Power of the Purse, which supports the Alliance Against Family Violence. So that organization... Um, of course, deals with domestic violence and sexual assault. So that event was a an event that highlights just that organization. And for those of you that have been, it's the best place to go and buy purses. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, a lot of reasonably priced purses, and then we go and find some of our designer purses, and we bring them back in a, a form of the um, purchase goes back to the alliance. So I think we'll be doing something like that again. We aren't sure what to what scale. And then we're going to get creative on the homeless center side and try and identify different types of events that we can do for the homeless center. In the past, we've done the bachelor auction. Um, I think we will look to a new event and a new type of um, fundraiser for the homeless center. I'd like to do a lot of in per, in-home events to get people to really understand both agencies and both organizations because at some point I think there will be kind of a merge and a a rebrand to say of the organization so people really understand that we do the same we do it under one roof Um, but I'd like to do more in-home events more personal private events Um, and then we are as we get ready to break ground and move to our new facility we will probably have to do a capital campaign so there will be some excitement probably the end of next year that will be surrounding our new campus and the capital campaign fantastic and so that that leads to my question which Mm -hmm. was do you think that you will be breaking ground the end of next year yeah hopefully i cross our fingers um 
We are working really closely with the city of Bakersfield right now, and we hope to have some you know, good news about next steps within the next week or so. Okay. Uh, that, of course, as you know, goes through a permitting process and all of that. Mm-hmm. So we aren't quite there yet, but the right. permitting process will be a few months. And then we will hopefully break ground. I'm hoping sometime next year. That is definitely my goal. Fantastic. Well, I know I've kind of hogged the microphone this morning, <laughs> Adelaide. Do you have any questions for this, Lauren? Uh, this is just, it's such a great topic, and it's great to see what, what you all do over there. Um, the th- just a quick story. Um, we recently had our concert over at Strammer Park a few months ago, and, and there, there's a, a few homeless guys that were there, and they're like, hey, can we help you clean up? And I'm like, absolutely, I'll pay you, and you can do, take the recyclables, all the stuff. So it's great. So, so you know, I, I check on the venue the next day. And it's cleaned up, and the, you know they got their 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 bags to take to the recycling, and I give them some money, and then uh, uh, and something, and that's great. You know, at least we can help out. The next day, we go back to kind of triple check, and and my son was with me, and he's and, and there was the one main kind of homeless guy there, and he's like, oh man, you'll never guess what happened. They stole all my recyclables, mm. and and you feel bad. And then my ten-year-old son's all like, well, here's here's five bucks. So he re- so I'm thinking like, oh, that's such a sweet thing to do, you know. The pro the the thing with and I don't want to sound insensitive at all because it's obviously a tough situation that you know that these guys are in and, and females too. Um, the next day, I go back to triple check because there's some equipment that needs to be picked up, and the guy's passed out in the bulldozer mm-hmm. with an empty bottle of booze mm-hmm. with a price tag of four ninety nine. So you're kind of thinking like, oh man, nobody was hurt. There were some some new holes in the dirt, you know. Right. But but I just I'm just kind of thinking, what's the when when someone comes up and says, I'm homeless, I need help, what's the best way to really help them? You know, I am not a huge fan of of the handout model. I think aside from just giving money, you really need to give your, your heart and compassion to these individuals because they are they're in a tough place. They're mm-hmm. in a place that none of us, you know, while we may have, you know, heartbreak and heartache and issues in our under our own roof, it's different when you can kind of be in the elements of privacy in your own home. You know, their their issues are taken to the streets. And, you know, you can always call our center. We will mm-hmm. refer you to different organizations that can help make contact with them. Flood Ministries, that is their mm-hmm. that is their mission is they do outreach on the street to these type of individuals that are visible, that don't have shelter, that aren't seeking shelter. Um, they try to connect them with resources. They establish great relationships with these individuals so they know that they're going to be taken care of when they go to a shelter. There's a stigma with shelters. You know, some of the individuals on the streets don't want to go to the shelter because they don't want to mm-hmm. share space, right? They're living in the open and they don't want to share space. Um, a lot of shelters, you can't have a, a drug addiction or alcohol addiction. Um, you can't do that on site. So there's a lot of restraint because they are so addicted and, and they don't have other options to be able to just step away from their usage. Um, but we can connect them with behavioral health department, with other organizations that can try and provide services for them. Um, I, I think it's so difficult because we see now more than ever so many people on the street, so many people begging for money, so many people that are just visible, and it's frustrating as a resident. Um, but there are resources out there. There are providers that are very targeted and geared towards trying to provide services for these individuals. Um you know, chemical dependency is a real issue. And mm-hmm. I know that we've recently in Kern County started to expand resources for that element. 
and we're trying to hone down on what exactly it is we can do for on the street care and access. Um, you know, Stacy Kulhara, which is she's the new director of Kern County Behavioral Health. She is innovative and fantastic. And it's funny, every time I'm on an interview, I tout her because this conversation comes up. But her team, she has put in place kind of a Rome team that is mm-hmm. a boots on the ground team to provide mental health services, behavioral health services to clients exactly like you're talking about. So there's options out there. Excellent. And I'm thinking if there was just, I mean, we can refer oh, them and say, course. hey, look, the Bakersfield Homeless Center. There's, yeah. there's help there. Yeah. There's you can services. you can also just call us, and what most people do is they'll say, "Hey, there's an encampment, or there's an individual that looks like they're in need of of water, of resources. Mm-hmm. You know, this individual's passed out. We don't know how to help them, um, and so flood ministries and or the police department and or the mental health team can go out there and identify what resources they need. Um, the Bakersfield Police Department actually has a great team. It's their impact team, but they are focus solely on connecting with homelessness individuals and making sure that they are not um, harmed by the elements outside and or they are not harming our businesses and our individuals. So the police department is very proactive. They have great relationships with the homeless that are still out there on the streets. They try to connect them and be the first ones to connect them to resources. But sometimes these people roam and they move and it's hard to Sometimes them. they just yeah. don't want the help that is offered. Yep. So sounds like it's a group effort. Definitely, it's a group <laughs> it's effort. A group there effort, is a so. there is a big circle. Yes. Well, thank you. I, I just appreciate what you do. No Absolutely. About that. You and everybody over there. You thank bet. You. So before we go, could you tell our listeners? Um, I have one more question for you. What okay. do you see as the future for Bakersfield Homeless Center? Oh, wow. There's so many options out there. Um, You know, for me, as a new fresh set of eyes for this organization, I would love to um, really expand our housing department. I think that's going to be the key to ensure our individuals on site are going to see a pathway for success and a pathway for hope. So I'd really love to be able to have some more housing units under our belt to be able to, you know, place people in homes. Um, uh, We actually have Um, Kyle Carter on our board and so he's of course um, real estate real estate guru and so he's been open and honest about what this journey could look like and expanding our housing department I always want to expand our jobs development program so we have employment opportunities for our clients and any homeless client out there and you know on the alliance side we have a shelter and we have an amazing um, place for DV survivors to go But if you're a DV survivor, you've just experienced trauma, you are experiencing um, this world of unknown and you're trying to heal and or you have your children with you, you know, we kind of have a a unit system where there's a lot of people in a certain unit. Um, So I'd really love to be able to expand our shelter and have it to where we can have our families in one single unit. They can have their own space to heal, their own space to job search, job develop, make sure their children are taken care of. Um, so there's a lot of room for expansion on both sides. Of course, my alongside the shelter goal on that side, my number one goal is to relocate our current campus for the homeless center and make sure we get that up and running for all of our clients and we can get out of our lease with the high-speed rail and get off of that site because we're just over overpacked over there. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity in housing and jobs that we are just tapping into. That's great. Thank you so much, Lauren. Before we go, would you share with our listeners 
one more time how they can reach you. Of course. Um, for the Homeless Center, it's bakhc.org, or you can call 661-322-9199, and you will talk to our amazing team, and they can help you either connect with donations, um, they can help you connect with our external affairs team, who will provide you any needs you need for donations, volunteerism, um, and or if you're interested in hosting an event, we would welcome that too. So perfect. Please reach out. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. We really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone for tuning in today. As we talk about this thankful time of the year, I'd really like to take a moment to say how grateful I am for organizations like the Bakersfield Homeless Center and the Alliance Against Family Violence that serve our community and those like Lauren who rise to the challenge of leading organizations like these. Given the numbers that you shared earlier, I can say I feel extremely blessed to have a place to call home, and I hope that as a community we can assist some of those at the Bakersfield Homeless Center to also move into independent living in the future. In that vein, I'd also like to express my thankfulness for all of you that listen each week, for my amazing family and friends that continue to encourage me in the pursuit of my dreams. Um, I'm thankful to have really such a great team that offers me support and helps further our mission of empowering clients every step of the way. And I continue to feel blessed and honored to help each and every one of you with your real estate needs. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Sunday at 8 a.m., just before Sean Hannity, who's coming up next. And if by chance you missed an episode of the show or know someone who would enjoy this information but is otherwise occupied at this time, no worries. We've got you covered. You can now hear this episode and others wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review to listen over and over. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a wonderful rest of the day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. Wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week. Times we're living in are unparalleled, and it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. 